Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Hi, welcome back to The Coaching Show. I'm Alex Terranova. We are another week without Christopher McCullough, and I kind of miss him a little bit, just a little bit, not too much. I don't want him, you know, if he hears this, his head's going to get too big, and then, you know, we're going to have to do a whole show about how we miss him and his MCC status, but we are here. <laughs> we are here. We have our, uh, our, he's becoming our, our, like my, he's, he's becoming my substitute, but also our regular uh, new co-host when I step into Christopher's shoes, he steps into my flip-flops, I should say, because I rarely wear shoes. Craig, Cassie, how you doing? I'm happy to be here and uh, happy to be in your flip-flops a little big, so I'm hoping I fill them. Uh, but I too am of the no shoe wearing variety. It might be the yogi in me, but I prefer to be all natural when it comes to my footwear. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. I can just like put my feet on the ground almost anywhere that I am, which in Southern California, it makes, you know, in New York city, when I lived there, that was not a, that was kind of disgusting, but how are you today? I'm good. You know, it is Pride Month in DC and everyone is out and celebrating. And after the year and a half that we just had, it's so nice just to see people coming together and like legit just running into each other on the street and hugging is very musical-esque right now. And I'm completely into it. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing myself. Is there anything you do different like during a Pride Month than the rest of the months of the year? Besides maybe party a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I dance a lot more. I wear a lot more crop tops. Um, <laughs> and the one thing that I would say I do do differently, I intentionally create a lot more spaces uh, for the queer community around certain conversations, especially right now as conversations of healing, of being with the paradox of both wanting to be back in the world, but our bodies and our minds might not yet be there. I don't think any of us knew exactly what coming out of a pandemic lockdown would be like. So I will say every year, and that's just one of the things I love to do is intentionally create space, have conversation and see what actually serves a community besides just going out and having fun and, and, you know, having the normal pride parade, which we all still enjoy. There's just more work to be done too. You, you brought up something just now that I think is so interesting. I was driving this weekend to forget where I was going, but I was driving somewhere and the freeways in San Diego seemed like very normal, like very, like the way they were pre COVID. And I actually got bummed. And I was like, man, I, I was hoping that we would, the world would actually be different. And I know it is different, right? It's not exactly the same, but there was this part, it, somehow the traffic and the way people were moving around that day was, had this feeling of, we didn't learn whatever we were supposed to learn, like as a, as a collective whole, some people did. And I had this overwhelming sense that that sucks because there are so many, obviously COVID the death and the, there was a lot of like mental health things and were terrible, but there was also so many things that were good about it, that it created, it got people to like bond with their families and the earth got some time to heal and people slowed down and People left jobs, whether by choice or not by choice, that they hated and started new things. And I just had this sense that like we didn't get it. 
Like it wasn't enough, either it wasn't powerful enough or it wasn't enough time. And then I got kind of scared. And then my brain did what my brain did, which is almost thinks in like movies. And it was like, oh man, does something way worse have to happen? So we like really get the message. And then I was like, all right, let's not have that conversation. <laughs> but I'm with you. I went to a, a base, a Padres game this weekend and it was as if, I mean, like nothing had ever happened and people were just, you know, on top of each other. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. My mind goes a few less catastrophic places than yours <laughs> might. I'm hearing my mother speaking in this conversation right now. So I'm going to take a breath and have a moment, but I will say this. I think it's normal when we go from these like giant shifts to being faced with our old reality, like quote unquote, returning. And I still have it that for a lot of us, COVID was the beginning of a snowball of change. Now it's going to take more time to build up and we really might not know just the lessons we learned until we are faced with that old reality again. And then it's going to become blatantly apparent. Maybe that the job we have isn't for us, the lifestyle we have really isn't working, or that our commute that we used to be able to bear is actually one of the most soul-crushing experiences of our days, and we're now over it. So I might just have a more optimistic view. Maybe it's because I'm not, you know, I'm only 29, and my take on life is pretty upbeat. But I think there's some good to come. It just might not show so quickly, so soon, at a Padres game. I don't think the age has any, I was way more negative and pessimistic when I was 29. I am like, I'm an optimist comparatively <laughs> speaking now. Um, but let's, uh, I want to tell people where they can find more about you. They can go to craigcassie.com. I'm just going to spell your last name for them. Uh, it's, I'm going to spell your whole name, C-R-A-I-G-C-A-S-S-E-Y.com. And you're on Instagram at Craig Cassie Jr. You got you, it. Anything you want to tell people about what you like, who you coach or anything? Yeah, else? sure. I mean, right now, the people I coach are coaches looking to actually grow their sales process in a way that's in alignment with their spirit, their soul, as well as the impact they want to create in the world. Think feel good sales. It's human centric. But beyond that, I also happen to be a sex coach. So I work with everyone from C-suite leaders to coaches who want to have more success in the bedroom, in the boardroom, more adventure, abundance and play out in life. And uh, it's just a fun conversation. I like going the juicy places that we might not normally go around money or around relationships and helping people just create some extra levity. So if you're in need of some lightness, you can hit your boy up. <laughs> Happy to have a conversation with you. And you can find me, Alex Terranova, at thedreammason.com or Inspirational Alex on Instagram. If you don't like seeing or interacting with live humans, you can pick up my book, Fictional Authenticity, on Amazon. Um, or check out my, my podcast, The Dream Mason Podcast, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's talk about our guest. I'm, I'm, I just was looking at her bio and I discovered that she's a Bruin. She has some Bruin blood in her, which has me a little hesitant. Like, I'm like, should we really bring her on or should we just go? Go Bruins. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm obligated to say that right now. Go Bruins. I'm a, I'm a Trojan. Uh, so, Ooh, you know, yeah, I right. See, you're here. It's just got serious. I know you're hearing the aggressive tones of our guest today. <laughs> Let me introduce. I can find a common ground with <laughs> the coaching that we can play in because, whoo, wow. I didn't right. know that before we started this. I, I know. I just, Changes I just kind everything. 
it just caught my eye and I'm like, well, should we even, you know, should I, should I just, should we just skip over this and just scrap the whole episode? Let, let me, let me tell I mean, you. That does sound like um, maybe a USC way of dealing with things. Yes, so like we could just power through. I think we can still have some greatness. Oh, <laughs> uh, you just like, did you just poke the like USC spoiled the, like, if we don't get our way, that's like something about that. All right. You, know, me... Alex, you said that, not me. <laughs> I just said, let's continue the conversation. But I'm going to tell people, children, I'm going to, I want to tell people who you are, who, who they are hearing. So our guest today is Rebecca Dorsey. Soak. she is a leadership transition team development coach. She's also the vice president of blueprint 1543, which is a nonprofit. She's been a coach for 11 years. She's working on her MCC, which you're hoping to get this year. And you're the author of Why Meet, How to Design Purposeful Meetings, Workshops, and Conferences. I'm really interested in talking about that because they all seem the same. And I am the, and I am the like person who is anti those things. But welcome to the coaching show, Rebecca. How are you doing? Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah. I mean, are we okay? Or do we need to do we, should we do like a forgiveness trust tree holding like exercise? over this Bruin Trojan thing? I mean, I feel like the fact that we were able to laugh and maybe find some common ground, I think we can continue. But a virtual hug, I mean, I'm a hugger. I love me some good hugs. So a virtual hug, and you had me in the conversation earlier at dancing. I do love me a good dance moment. So maybe we can share one of those and be able to keep this going. <laughs> I like the strategy. This is good. This see, is this Craig. Is... Craig is dancing. For those who couldn't see, Craig got into that. So <laughs> I'm easily enrollable in a little breakdown at any moment. So thank you, Rebecca, for the invitation to play. <laughs> Rebecca, how like what t- let's talk about the book really quick? Because I I this was the first thing when I was just like looking, you know, reading about you and learning about you. The first thing that stood out is I, I it when I read the title, the first thing I thought of was this meme that I saw when I used to, it was probably about 10 years ago when I was in the restaurant business. And it said, um, the only reason for meetings was to have donuts, like to have everybody sit around and have donuts or, you know, something like I'm not, but, uh, and it was also, there was another one that was like, cause nobody knows what to do with their time. So we schedule meetings. And that has actually been my relationship to meetings for most of my life is like, why do we do this? It's a waste of time. They're all the same. And conferences feel like that. Virtual conferences feel like that. Workshops feel like people are just trying to throw something together. How did you become, you know, what's the like, this purposeful piece of you that's like helping people change this? Yeah, well, life's too short to have bad meetings, right? I mean. Who wants to sit in a meeting or worse, spend money and go to a conference and realize I can't get that time back. And as an organizer on the other side of a meeting or an event thinking, did I seriously just waste five, 10, 50, a hundred people's time? To me, that is just the absolute motivator that I cannot handle the thought of wasting someone's time. And if we really believe that life is precious and that moments are fleeting and we're only here for the amount of time we're here, how could we waste one another's time like this? 
And I've definitely been accused throughout my life of kind of over impacting everything. I sort of have perhaps an intense personality and I just have all this passion and fierceness that I want to throw at whatever I'm doing. And that fully translates to how we spend our time. And so uh, I've had the opportunity in my professional life over the last 15 years or so to be in charge of a lot of events. And because I'm maybe a youngest child and I love play and being playful and bringing that lightness, I've always tried to figure out how could I sneak that in? You know, as kind of an early career professional, you sort of think, how can I sneak in something that's a little different? And then it works and you go, wait a minute. I think I've got some buy-in here. I can, I can take this a little further. And then at this point, I just think life is too short for bad events and people really want to engage and be humans and be relational and have fun. And that's when we're our most creative. That's when we're most effective is when we're in those light, fun, creative spaces. And you can be doing serious work, especially serious intellectual work and do it in a creative way. And there's a lot of research that shows some of these more creative approaches, it's just actually more effective. And so that gave me full license to say, this is how we're always gonna do things if I have any say in the matter. And somebody said, hey, you should write about that. And I was crazy enough to say, "Hmm, okay, maybe that sounds like a good idea. Let's try that. Well, I gotta, so I gotta put you on the spot. And since we've already had our first fight, and, and uh, we made up. So and we, and we made up through that. Yeah, I'm ready. And I feel like you're there's an energy about you that tells me that I can put you on the spot right away and challenge you. I'm giving a talk on this Friday on how people can stop making messes in their lives. Basically, it's like on how we're constantly self-sabotaging from from our subconscious. Sure. And as I was writing it, this is the conversation I was having, right? Like I'm saying things that are kind of bold and hopefully like hit people hard, but I'm like, man, it's just another talk. So it's virtual. Okay. But how do I, how do I spice it up? How do I, you know, like, what do, how do I infuse some Rebecca soak fun into it? Well, I mean, think of your audience, think of the people. That's one of the main points that I always like to talk about is think about the people, the people in your audience that are going to be listening and engaging. What do you want them to know, learn, experience? How do you want them to be different? And then design your talk around that. That's the purposeful piece. So if you want them to be different in the way they feel about something, find ways to engage those emotions to draw them out. If it's online, depending on the size of it, you know, you can engage them through the chat, through the different emotions. You know, there's all of those techniques and tools that I'm sure you're well aware of, but thinking through how do I actually do this in a way that I would want to sit through and enjoy? How can you release people to actually enjoy and remember the conversation? Anything pop into mind? 
no, <laughs> I said that reluctantly because you said I'm not the, aside from pod, I love podcasting and I don't mind doing it over Zoom, but I'm not the, con- I, I cannot stand being on a, like a Zoom conference or watching Zoom talks. I, you know, even if it was my favorite person, I wouldn't sign up. I don't want to sit in front of my computer and like stare at a screen. I would listen to them on a podcast. So yeah. it's, I think that's one of the reasons it's challenging for me to be on the other side because I don't want to be, it'd be like being a musician who doesn't like listening to music. Right. Like, um, but I think I like what you did. I like what you said in the, like, what's the thing that you want to draw out. Right. If I want them to feel a certain way, how do I cap, how do I touch and hit those feeling points? Like how do I pluck at their heartstrings or, you know, their empathy, whatever. Yeah. Well, and even part of what you just said, you don't want to be tied to your computer. It sounds like when you're on the other end, Um, I just tend to think none of us are all that unique that we don't have these thoughts that nobody else is having. Somebody else has those thoughts. So give people the freedom to not be trapped at the computer. Move it to, hey, put this on your phone, dial into Zoom on your phone, go for a walk. I'm going to challenge you to go for a walk while you listen to me, go find a place where you can feel this freedom that I want you to feel, find it now that you're there. Now let's engage. I mean, give people the freedom to just do something different. We've all been tied to zoom into our computers for so long now that I think we've just forgotten. Wait a minute. There's other ways to do this and still be engaging and opting in through this particular medium. So how could you use freedom? Set people free, man. I love it. Yeah. The first thing it was like, people need to lie on the floor and close their eyes. And like, yes. yeah, that was Do the it. first thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's not just that you're doing something unique for the gag. What is no. it that's going to do for them? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, that was the thing that came up when you, when you just said that, cause if you, if I were listening to a talk, that's the way I would want to, it's like, I want to lie on the floor. I want to close my eyes. I want to get into my body and I want to let it, I want to just experience it without the, like the visual distractions and the like, oh, this chair is uncomfortable. Like if I just lie on the floor, it's the same. I do the same thing when, when I started meditating, I hated the like Lotus position. It was a distraction. And people would say, tell me that like you need to meditate like that. And then I, a yoga yoga teacher one day was like, you can meditate however you want. And I started lying down to meditate and it was a game changer. Everything about meditation changed. Yeah. These small little shifts that we can make. You could just simply, you said distractions was the big thing. How do you eliminate distractions? You could start your talk by saying, what do you need to do to eliminate the distractions right now? Yeah. And give people freedom to turn off the light or lay on the floor or put it on your phone, dial in on your phone, go for a walk, go off camera, whatever it might be that's going to help you really engage. Do that. And I guarantee you, people will learn more and they will talk about it. And when we talk about it, we remember it. And when we remember it, we will actually make changes in our life. Rebecca, this feels so coachy at the same time, like you're literally designing the container, co-creating it with the participants in a way that you really have no control over. You're not saying that we should even guess at what each one of the 80 to 200 people who are going to watch Alex come this Friday need. And I was met with a question when you recommended, how can you release them? 
too feel free or too have fun or too have experience, my immediate thought was like, well, what does that even look like? <laughs> and I feel like you just shared it when you said, you know, give permission to have them meet their needs or to have them say yes to challenging themselves in a way that is so different from what we've been trained into. And I think there's even more space for us to do that when we look at our you know, coaching containers, be them one-to-one coaching relationships where we normally have them sitting on Zoom or our group mastermind experiences. So really thank you for sharing that nugget. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, did that feel like a nugget? It totally felt like a nugget because um, first of all, it feels different to give people the, I mean, I'm going to make some things up. But like, hey, if you're sitting by a window, open it, throw your phone out. Okay, they probably aren't going to do that. But like, um, you know, offering up like four or five things that people that offering them to do, which probably no one else will do, right? Like, hey, get off the Zoom right now and get on Zoom on your phone and go take a walk while you listen to me. Um, you know, lie on the floor, right? Some, a lot, I bet a bunch of these people are going to be in their office. It's in the middle of the day on a Friday. It's like, no, I, if you're in an office, lie on the floor, let people see you lie on the floor of your office. <laughs> um, you know, whatever, I'll think of some other random things, but I think like that is part of what's, what's cool about it for me. And what you just did is that's who I am. And my whole brand is do things. However, the hell you want to do them. Like, however you want to be a coach, do it your way. Yes. Learn how to be a coach. Don't just say you're a coach and, but like bring your personal flair, your personal style, like the way that you want to be. And I have a client that I walk on the beach with every week. That's how we do our sessions because he needs to be outside. And I want to say in like the traditional coaching model, that wouldn't be a normal practice. Um, but I go to the beach almost every day. So why not incorporate that into my work? And I think that's what I just got from you, um, which is a perfect like segue. Cause I know you have some pizza party, pizza parlor, pizza party, um, like metaphor that, you know, pizza is universal, but like what you do with your pizza is up to you. Yeah. I love that perfect segue. I mean, it's almost like we practice that. So I guess it also is proof that Bruins and Trojans can work together. I think we're just <laughs> demonstrating that right now. That was a great segue. Yeah. So I blurted out recently in a mentor conversation. I think you mentioned earlier, I'm hopefully just uh, weeks or months away from submitting my master coach certification application. So in my MCC mentoring, we were talking about, you know, how do you really sound like yourself? How do you bring who you are as a coach to the conversation and engage? And I blurted out, oh my goodness, coaching is like pizza. Now you should know, I do love pizza. A good pizza truly is my favorite food. And yes, I'm an adult, Uh, but it just felt like it fit because if you think about it, our profession is a global profession. This is everywhere. And so pizza, then like coaching, it's universally recognizable. It's a technique. It's the way we're approaching it, that we're drawing people out. We're relying on the intelligence and the wisdom that they have, the knowledge they have about their context and their life. And we're drawing that out for new insight. So it's universal. It's recognizable. But then everywhere you visit, every country has their own distinct way of making pizza. 
Uh, I lived in Eastern Europe for a couple of years after college and I loved pizza there, but it was very different than pizza in Los Angeles where I lived for the last 12 years. So there's a distinctness then that culture brings in that we as individuals bring in both to our pizza and hopefully to our coaching. And it just felt like this great metaphor for thinking through how do I become truly the coach that only I can be? And how do I help those that I work with coach like only they can coach? Coaching is like pizza. There's my metaphor. It's universal. It's recognizable, but it's distinct. And there's something special that keeps people coming back to you and to your pizza parlor. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I, I was waiting. For, I thought Craig was going to bring something just now. Um, but I mean, he, I'm I triggered. He's, I'm a he, celiac. I used to love pizza, <laughs> and now I can only eat cauliflower pizza, which I'll say this. It's cute, but it's not the deep dish that I know and love. So. You know, I do feel your pain, Craig. For about 10 years, I had to be completely wheat-free. And so pizza in those years, it was, it was a little brutal. Uh, so I do feel your pain there. Well, I'm glad you persevered. <laughs> you made it to a brighter day. Uh, you know, the thought that comes to my mind is with the clients I work with, a lot of times we're looking at what does it mean to like uncover our authenticity? And I have it, many of us, A, we love pizza and we want to figure out what ours is, but we don't know what it means to, to recipe, recipe test or to like uncover or further explore that. So when you're, meeting someone who wants to design their own pizza parlor and they feel stopped even just starting where do i look what how do i not just mimic what i see on tony robbins or lewis house um what do you offer them yeah i think that's a great question to continue the pizza metaphor if you hang with me just a little bit what is it that makes pizza distinct there might be many things but one of those big pieces would be the secret sauce 
right? The special sauce. And so how do you help someone? How do you help yourself figure out what is my special sauce? What is it that I'm contributing here to this coaching world and this uh, profession? It's really stopping to think, what are the things that make me me that you can't take out of me and you shouldn't take out of me? And then figuring out how do I bring those to the coaching environment in a way that furthers my client's success. And so doing a little bit of brainstorming of, okay, if somebody only heard five minutes of you in your real life, just talking to a friend, what would they hear? And then if someone heard five minutes of you coaching, what would they hear? And what are some of those characteristics that then are are showing up in both places? So for example, one of the things about me, uh, you know, I think I've kind of mentioned this a little bit already. I kind of have a fierceness or intensity about life. You can't turn that off without getting robot Rebecca. Certainly at various points in my professional career, I have thought I have to look or sound a certain way to be taken seriously or to fit in this environment. And I have become some version of robot Rebecca. And you know what? Nobody has ever said they've done their best work when they were being a robot. And so when you hear somebody say, man, I, I really knocked that out of the park. I, I was doing my best work. What were they doing? They were doing things that fit them. They were maybe in that flow state, depending on the language that you're listening to, or you're relaxed, you're comfortable. You're just, you're feeling it. You're kind of in the zone. So what are those things that translate, that should translate between your regular life and your coaching in a way that pushes your clients to success? So my passion and intensity for life, if I'm just in a conversation with a friend, I am going to be loud. I'm going to be, you know, all about whatever it is that we're talking about, about me, about them. It's this exchange. Whereas in a coaching environment, I'm going to take that same intensity and passion but I'm going to funnel it towards my client. And when they have that moment of insight, I'm going to explode with them to celebrate that insight. You're not going to get, well, that sounds like a very important discovery. Hmm. That's not me. If I did that and I have done that in my early days of coaching, that's not me. And so that's not going to then bring out the best in the client that has chosen to work with me because what's that distinct thing I'm bringing that's going to then help them bring their A game. You know, another thing that's sort of distinct to me is just a lighthearted humor. I love to laugh. I think we're more creative when we play. I think that as professionals, it's really easy to start thinking we should be super serious. And I've also done that in my earlier days, both as a coach and in other areas, I've brought this seriousness and felt like, oh, if I bring the play, if I bring the fun, that's going to minimize my intellect or it's going to minimize the contribution. And at this point, I think, no, it's the opposite. When I can bring that lighthearted humor to a moment with a client where maybe they are stuck and they're starting to spiral or brainstorming and they're feeling all of these imposter feelings coming in or the stress is too much or whatever it is. If I can bring a lighthearted, humor-filled moment that releases that pressure 
so that they can continue to make progress, that's winning. But then you sort of have to think through, okay, in my regular life, it is running commentary nonstop. I am confident I drive people insane in certain staff meetings because I just have things that pop into my head that I think are funny and that I want to put in the chat if we're on Zoom or I want to blurt out. That then is distracting in the coaching environment when it's just that running thing because it popped in my head and I think it's funny. And so as a coach, I have to restrain those moments and then focus them towards how is my humor, how is my energy, how is my passion going to help this client? And that is when we can just have these magical moments where they're succeeding and I'm doing my best work as a coach. It's that partnership of they're succeeding and I'm bringing my best coaching game to them because I'm just being me. I, f- I feel like you should send me an invoice at least for this session that we're doing here. Um, I don't know about Craig. Craig, I want to know what you got from that. But uh, <laughs> as you were describing this, like what's the, what do you, in five minutes, who you are, what could further, the thing that came to me for me was, oh my God, I need a parental advisory on my coaching from like the late, like basically my essence as a coach, if I'm in my full essence is the hip hop and R and B from like the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, there's this like bold shock value. There's this like sweet, like, um, like, like wanting to fall in love aspect. There's like some silliness to all of it at the same time, but really like you're going to need to be a grown up to be with this. Cause some of this is not going to be appropriate for people that can't handle like, like it coming at you full force. Um, I just had this vision of my website having a parental advisory logo, like, like they used to be on CDs or albums before everything was just Spotify. That was very cool. I'm like, actually, I'm like, I started writing things down. I was like, how can I incorporate this? Cause this is, this is so. If you think of the clients that you are most effective with, the rappers. ones that you both can't wait to get to that conversation. <laughs> oh, for sure. Rappers, get yourself the chains, you know, get it all going. It's the client that you being like that sets them free. I sets already them have, free I, to be who they are, right? Instead yeah, of, yeah. okay, if you're being Mr. Professional kind of robot, then they're going to also bring a guarded self right? Oh, maybe I, as a client, maybe I'm supposed to sound this way, or I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, or Z. Well, that's not going to get you somewhere helpful. Definitely not in an efficient way. Yes, Alex, get those chains on. See? <laughs> I feel like you're already becoming more of who you are. It's already there. I just didn't have them on, you know, like, So how do you then help clients put their chains on? I mean, you could literally play with that gag on your website. That's so good. Right? Put your chains on, Coaching with Alex. Two chains, I'm coming for you. You're you're gonna be my next client. Two chains and T Pain because I just watched a documentary and T Pain is really sad because he thinks Usher told him he ruined music. And it was really, it was it was was really heartbreaking and sad. It's a it's a very good documentary though on Netflix. Craig, what did you get? 
Well, first off, I'm thinking this branding uh, campaign can be done pretty quickly. I mean, we can get that parental advisory sticker slapped on any one of your headshots. I will personally pull up Photoshop momentarily and we'll get it popping really soon. Uh, but, you know, what I'm taking away, I feel really affirmed then. You know, part of my sex coaching is all around uh, authentic expression and permission to be the professional and the naughty at the same time, like not hiding the fact that we have these multiple facets to our humanity and they're not actually separate, even though we treat them as separate all the time. So one of the things I used to make wrong in my early years of coaching is I show up in a really open, playful, body positive way on my social media. You can see me on Speedos almost every other month on my Instagram, you know, out dancing in these wild party outfits. And a part of what I think I'm taking from you, Rebecca, is the clients who hire me, they really want that access themselves to just be fully expressed and to be playful and to feel good about the fact that they could be a C-suite and still look good in a bikini while also being a mother and they can be compassionate and sexy and fun and fiery and hold space for their sadness and their fear too. Um, I think for me, the practice going ahead will be like <coughs> further reminding myself that this is just the clearing. You know, this is authenticity in service of my clients. And uh, yeah, I don't see a place where my clients would not win <laughs> more authenticity themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think we just, we've learned to compartmentalize so much of who we are. And this is how I show up in this work environment. And this is how I show up maybe in this coaching environment. And this is how I show up in my regular life with these friends. And this is how I show up in these friends. And that's exhausting. I mean, as someone who has done that for years, it's exhausting to try to be, you know, maybe it's not this perfect version of you, but it's the version that you think this context wants or needs. And being able to have the freedom to move those parts of who you are into alignment so that they all have a similar feel to them. You know, we're going to modify, of course, depending on the environment. If I'm joking around with my friends, it is my goal to make you laugh so hard you spit your coffee out. Now, and in my coaching, it is my goal to bring that laughter, to lighten the mood, to be effective. But I may not have the goal of making my clients spit out their coffee because that's about me and my marker of was I funny enough? That's not about their success. Right. And so how do you then take all these pieces of who we are, bring them into alignment and then modify? How do I be this person in this environment? How do I hold that coaching space and still bring that authentic version of who I am? I want to turn this or twist this really quick because I want to hear about how this has impacted your like MCC process. What, so for the, the, just tell us about the MC, your MCC process and how this, you know, kind of authenticity version, it helps you and probably gets in your way sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So I've been working through, um, some MCC mentoring for about the last year and through that process, when I started it, I really thought, okay, becoming a master coach is about mastering the skill of coaching. 
you know, I've got all these markers that I'm working for and I just need to kind of dominate this skill and then boom, I'm going to be a master coach. And going through this sort of intentional mentoring process, what's become really clear to me is that, yeah, okay, that is one piece of it. You do need to master the skill and, you know, work the art and the science of the coaching. But if you only do that, I don't think you're going to get to that mastery. You have to then really bring in, how do I make this mine? You know, if we're trying to sound like our mentors, our instructors, our trainers, other peers that we hear coach, then it's not ours. And there has to be something special about the way that only I can coach to bring about success in the clients that are seeking out me instead of my mentor or instead of my colleagues. And so really wrestling with, well, what is that? What does that look like? How do I make this my own instead of just mastering the particular skills? Uh, You know, I've tried out a bunch of different things with clients in the last year, and sometimes they work and sometimes they go, huh, what? It's like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Let's reboot and try again. And just, again, keeping that playfulness that you don't have to get every moment of every coaching conversation perfect because you're working with people and you're partnering with people. There is no perfect. You're just working in the moment with what you're bringing as the coach and what they're bringing as the client and figuring out together, how do we get you what you need? My inner performer does not like hearing that. There is no perfect when it comes to working with humans. <laughs> oh, I feel your pain. I grew up uh, doing both gymnastics and ballet, which rate you against perfection. So, um, yeah, we can we can talk about that. So, well, so you've done some work, and you know, from sports and athletic, where it's built into you. I'm sure there have been many stories that you've kind of deconstructed. And I know I'm not the only one who will be listening to this who's also going up for their you know, PCC uh, evaluation. What have been a few of the ahas that have helped you ground yourself and release that desire to be perfect, but also really striving to achieve this goal? Yeah, you know, I have been uh, very close with many perfectionists in my life. And I would not call myself a perfectionist, but I would fully say that I'm an overachiever and I always have been. And with that overachieving, you know, you're always trying to blow everybody out of the water, right? If here's the standard for that A, I want to blow that out of the water and be so much better than anything you've ever seen. Now I'm also a youngest child and my sister is amazing. And so I'm sure there's a lot going on there as part of that. But finding a way in working through this process of trying to master something like coaching, it's really been, how do I shift my mindset in lots of different ways? How do I shift the way that I think of providing value to my clients? And there's been a lot of work that I've done around my own perception of the value that I'm bringing as a coach, even shifting my perspective around recording conversations. You know, you have to submit these recordings as part of your application for credentialing. And in doing that for for years, I mean, I've recorded these conversations for years. I've had this little ICF assessor sitting on my shoulder, imaginarily, of course, 
Uh, and that, that little assessor on my shoulder tells me all kinds of negative things like, oh, wow, kid, you just stacked three questions. You're the worst. You seriously think you could become a master? You've lost your mind. Or, hmm, well, that question was kind of silly. I don't think a real professional would ask that question. And so I've had to really wrestle with how do you get that judgy McJudgerton off your shoulder? Who's a newsflash actually not sitting there in that conversation? How do you get that off your shoulder and be free to focus on your client, to keep that coaching mindset and presence focused on your client? Because if you're focusing on your client, you can't be focusing on whoever's judging you on your shoulder. And being able to even look then, this was a big one for me, being able to look at those recordings and say, when I started recording them, I thought I'm recording this for my own growth and development. I'm recording these so I can listen to them and hear, did I stop questions? You know, how many of them were open? How many were growth oriented? Uh, oh, and I'm going to be submitting these. I'm going to be looking at them with my mentor. That was how I approached why I was recording things. And so when I would ask clients in the beginning in the contract, you know, are you comfortable with me recording these? Can we get that signature? It was about me. Well, we know as coaches, nothing should be about us. It's about our client. So reframing that this recording is actually something I'm going to give to my client after every session as a way to help them remember the growth, the conversation, the change. That one mental shift changed everything for me in getting that judger off my shoulder. Because then I could say, you know what? This recording is for my client. And if I happen to get something that is kick ass and I want to share with somebody, I've got it. But the purpose of this recording is for my client's record, for them to look back and see how they've grown and changed. It's not for me. It's just those little mindset shifts that I was able to encounter that then change everything about the way I can show up. Now, Rebecca, as you were talking, until you said that last part about recording in service of the client, I'll be real. My chest was tight. My heart was beating. My hands were clenched. I'm like, I'm still not feeling this whole process, even though I'm living it. (laughs) But, you know, I don't think I've ever taken a look at what it would mean to create even this process in service of my clients and even just retooling my recordings for them. Like that, I think, really melted my experience. And I find my body's more open to receiving the conversation. And there's just so much more access to even enrolling the clients and recording and feeling really good about the gift that a recording really can be. Because uh, I don't remember everything that I hear when I'm being coached by my personal coach. And it just feels like a huge value add. You know, and I really always felt awkward asking my clients, hey, how comfortable are you if I record this? Right. Because then it felt like, okay, we're making this thing that's supposed to be about you, about me. And that added a certain level of discomfort, like you're saying, that kind of tightness in your stomach. And it did instantly put that judger on my shoulder. And when I could retool it for them and say, you know what, I'm going to record these and I'm going to share them with you right after this session, along with my notes. If this is helpful to you as you're processing the conversation, great. If not, delete it, no big deal. And the minute that I started making that shift in how I talked about the recordings with my clients, how I presented the opportunity to record, they, every single one of them went, oh my gosh, that would be so helpful. Oh, I would love that. I get 
instant emails back from people. Thank you so much for sharing the recording. I totally, you know, was in the moment and I kind of missed this big piece. And it was so helpful to listen back to that. I knew it was a powerful moment, but I was overcome with the moment itself as we were having it. Being able to listen back, I've now got what I need. Or for our corporate clients and those who have some other stakeholders involved who are paying for it, and they then need to kind of demonstrate a return on investment, you're giving them all the documentation that they need to say, when I started out, I was here. And through these conversations, these are the things I've addressed. And so this investment in me was worth it. And so whether it's looking at their growth or the return on that investment or the business aspect of it, whatever it is, making the recording about them, it's changed everything. And then it's also given me the freedom to go, you know what? If I didn't love that session and feel like that was the best session I've ever had, I don't have to think about that as something someone else is going to judge me on. And that has actually released me to have significantly better sessions because I'm not worried about being judged anymore. I'm worried about how can I provide this service to my client? I have one, again, I'm going to, I'm going to change the direction as we're kind of getting to the end. I have one question that's like really aimed for kind of the new, the newer coaches out there. I know you mentor, um, people working on their ACC or their PCC or just coaches in general that want to improve. Um, is there one tip strategy suggestion that you have for coaches that are starting out in like building their business? Is there one thing that you'd say they got to do this? I mean, not to beat the pizza horse, but I think find eat, out eat pizza, and, <laughs> eat yeah, pizza eat. before every coaching session, you'll eat be happier. Pizza. You'll have energy. You'll be, you might not be properly nourished, but like, you'll be happy about it. (laughs) You know, have your clients eat pizza as they're preparing for it. I think it's figuring out what is it that makes you unique that would keep somebody coming back for more and do that. I think one of the easiest ways to do that, as we think about the coaching agreement, which is part of every single conversation, you know, figuring out what our clients actually need to accomplish or work on in that session, taking those coaching agreement questions that you maybe learned in your training and breaking them down into your words, into things that sound natural coming out of your mouth, things that feel like you, that one little, you know, five minute to 50 minute task of writing out as many coaching agreement questions as you can in your own voice, that's going to kickstart the process to showing up and to being you. Following that coaching process, still coaching, but being you. And I think our clients pick up on that. When we're comfortable, when we're confident, they're comfortable, they're confident, they're ready to engage. And so I think that's one of the things that starting out, it's just an easy, easy little hack to, to try out and see how that works for you. Is there anything we like to always give people, you know, our guests the opportunity to have like last word, anything that you want to leave us with that you didn't get to say, you know, you never told us your favorite kind of pizza, um, <laughs> but what, yeah, anything you want to leave us with that we didn't ask you that you want to say or share with the audience? Yeah, well, you know, I love many forms of pizza, so that might be too long to get into that, but I think just the permission to play as professionals and how are you going to bring the way that you play 
into your professional space. That fits the book that we talked about. That fits meetings, events. If it's coaching, it it just fits all of it. How can you bring the play to your profession? Uh, that's what makes life worth living, right? I'm hearing a second book title. Are we going to see uh, how to host your own pizza party in the near future? Because I'm willing to invest in this book if we're going to talk about authenticity and creating a business you want to play with every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Let's get right on that. Rebecca, thanks so much for being here with us. I want to make sure people know where to find you. You also have like a, a gift that you're willing to uh, share with the listeners. So the best place is at your website, right? If they go to RebeccaSoak.com, I'm going to, again, I'm just going to spell it for people. R-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-O-K.com. They can find you on LinkedIn also. They'll find you under Rebecca Dorsey Soak. Um, anywhere else? Are there any social medias that you're like people should go to or should we ignore those? You know, I'm all about the LinkedIn. I sort of have this old school mentality that my life is to be lived for me and my family. And so I'm actually not super active on social media other than Good some for of the you. More professional spaces. So I've got a little five-year-old and I feel like his life is his. So I tend to keep that space private. Good for you. I'm already trying to figure out how I would sell my child's life to, you know, corporate industry and, you know, make money off, you know, like those parents who uh, they make their kids actors so they can like make a lot of money and be famous through them. <laughs> I mean, you've already got the chains going on, so Good. you just got to figure out how can you tie the chains in to your Oh, my kid's going to have an eye patch. They'll have two working eyes, but they'll have an eye patch just because it'll make them really stand out at school. See, uh, that uniqueness piece, right? It's coming full circle. I'm seeing it. Craig is like, you're going to ruin this child. Uh, for those listening, I do not have a child. There's no, there are no childs on their way. So no, no children have been harmed in the recording of this conversation. Um, and if people want to do get some mentor coaching with you for PCC or ACC, uh, you are being super generous and offering 20% off your mentor coaching fee. So listeners can, how do you want them to do this? Do they email you? Is there a way that you want them to? Yeah. On the, on my website, there's a form you can fill out to reach out, just mention the coaching show podcast, and we'll get that discount included and cool. be off to the playful professional races. as they and, say. and where can they find your book? Is it Amazon, uh, your website? Yep. Go straight to Amazon. Look up why meet with Rebecca Silk. Awesome. Rebecca, thanks for bringing play and joy and fun um, to this episode. Thanks for the, uh, the, uh, the muse that you were that had me come up with some things for myself and my business. I, I can't imagine what you would do. We did this in a, in a podcast conversation and I got a ton of value. So I can't imagine how much someone would get in working with you like one-on-one or in a, you know, in a, in a corporate setting. Thanks, Alex. I'm really glad that was helpful, you know, and blindfolded mini golf. That's one of the things I've put people through. Uh, it was a bit of a train wreck, but it also worked for increasing communication in some dyads that needed some communication time. So lots of, lots of tricks, lots of ways. To you also just gave me a great dating idea. Oh my gosh. 
sign me up. You know, Alex, we should take Christopher and hire Rebecca and we three can go do blindfolded mini golf and we'll see who takes off your blindfold first because I think it might be Christopher. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. I'm up for that. We'll have to enroll Christopher, but Craig, you come to San Diego and we'll go, you know, blindfolded mini golf. So many dynamics, so many team dynamics that come out in blindfolded mini golf and amazing communication interventions. Uh, So so good. I love that. Rebecca, thanks so much. Everyone listening. Thanks for being here, listening to the coaching show. Craig, thanks for partnering with me in another awesome episode. You can find Craig Cassie at craigcassie.com or Craig Cassie Jr. on Instagram. I'm Alex Terranova. You can find me at thedreammason.com or inspirational Alex on Instagram. You can grab fictional authenticity, my book on Amazon. And we'll talk to you next week. And Christopher, I don't know if Christopher's back. I don't know when Christopher's coming back. This is our show now. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, maybe Christopher will come back soon. He will be back. I'm teasing. See you later. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.